What's up with daddy friends and family? Welcome back to the channel. And as usual, thank you for all the support. Hopefully 2023 is off to an amazing start for you. So once again, from all of us here at Wadali TV, we'd like to wish you a very happy and prosperous new year. Our guest tonight is being featured in our Academic Legends Showcase. So, from Old Road, St. Mary's, Antigua, AKA Brown South, she has spent over 40 years as an educator in Antigua and Barbuda for a little bit, but mostly in Canada. And she is an educational legend in the Montreal area. She is a longtime community organizer, activist, and volunteer. She is the public relations officer of the Antigua and Barbuda Association of Montreal. And she is the recent recipient of the Lifetime Achievement Award by the Montreal Community Cares Association, being recently featured on the Montreal Global News Network morning show. So ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and help me welcome to the show none other than Miss Irene Anthony. Welcome to Adaddy TV. Thank you, Craig. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to Thank you for coming. So clearly you know Jumo really well, but me, not so much. So I'll just quickly intro myself and talk a little bit about our little project here with Daddy TV. Um, I'm Craig Samuel, born in the Point, raised in Villa, uh, and have been in the States for far too long. Um, but long story short, I'm a complete IT geek. I've been in IT industry almost 30 years, and so this little project with Daddy TV is yet another one of my geeky ideas uh, to celebrate, showcase, highlight the great, amazing, talented Antiguan folks who are high achieving, who are doing great things, who are, who are in positions of power, who are great sports people, just to, to tell the story of Antigua and Antiguans. Uh, those who have done things, those who are doing things, and the next generation who will do things. So uh, that's me. That's the platform. Uh, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I, I grew up in Old Road, actually. Went to the Antigua Girls High School. And um, from there, went into teaching in Old Road, really started teaching first at the um, Cedar Hall Moravian Church in Jennings, first month in kindergarten, then went to Old Road and spent um, a good six years there. And in those days, you started off as a pupil teacher. You were being trained by the teachers around you. Mm -hmm. you know? um, and there's where my career began. That's what I wanted to do as a teenager. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to teach. I had role models in school, teachers whom I admire and who were kind, like Kathleen Flax, um, Ruth Kelsick. I had a French teacher from, I think she was from Guyana. 
um, Mrs. Thompson. Yeah, but lots of good teachers at, at high school. Talk to me about the, the transition of going from teaching in Old Road where um, you're a resident, you're a member of the community, to teaching in Canada. Um, what was the, 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 the change like? Uh, what was the culture shock in terms of the children and the, the culture itself? Was the culture, culture shock because I, I certainly was teaching in a black community and I was thrust into the mainstream community, the white community. Um, so that itself was was um, a challenge to cope with. Um, uh, fortunately, my very first full-time job was in a school where um, 80 to 90 percent of the children were were black. And so I felt so much at home with those children um, in the community in which I still go to church. It's a, it's a community where the Blacks lived, where most of the railroad porters lived, the families lived. That's below the tracks, as they would say. And, um, mm. it, you know, I got, I got used to it after time. You know, if you, you are doing well in your schools, uh, you're teaching well, you get promoted here, you get promoted there. So... I, I adjusted. Um, my aim was just to be the best teacher that I could be and to make sure that students could achieve at their highest level. That's what I aimed for. Now, Montreal is a French municipality. Um, yes. Did, uh, so uh, many of the students of um, French Caribbean descent or are they just, um, is the language a difficulty for some of them? Very much of, so. You know, assimilated Very, into Montreal's Not for those so much of, of French um, descent, but for the English-speaking um, students, uh, because of the language laws in Quebec, there's a political dimension here where if you were not, um, if you didn't go to school in Quebec before, um, 76, your children had to go to French school. And so that posed Ooh. some difficulties for a lot of our West Indian students whose parents couldn't speak French, who had difficulties throughout school with, with um, coping with the language. And um, ed educators in the Black community had to set up um, systems or programs where um, students could be helped after school um, on Saturdays. Um, and that's where the Black Board of Educators um, um, had its inception. It's really to help those kids who were struggling to make sure they could get over that finish line, help them throughout the summer, still exist now. They continue to help students during the summer to make sure that they could finish their high school to go on to CJEP for those who were missing a course also. And they still um, offer the summer program for the elementary students. So our students have always needed the extra help to make sure that they are pushed forward. And yet there, there are a number of our um, students who excel, who, who are doing extremely well. well mm -hmm. in school. 
but but too many too many um have failed in the system and one of the things that has bothered me most even though i have worked quite a bit with students with learning difficulties is to see how many of our, our, our black children are pushed into the the special needs classes you know mm. once you're in that track it's very difficult yeah. to get back sometimes into the mainstream where you can do the sciences and so on talking about the stigma of french students having to with um, those persons who had difficulty with the language in the classroom, how was the dynamic between those regular students? Um, the French students, French, the English school board has a French immersion program where kids go into the French program from kindergarten. And so they, they begin to learn the language there. The difficulty is with those students who come in as teenagers, not knowing any French at all and I have to be thrust into. That's the difficulty. French students, mm -hmm. like students from Haiti, France, and so on, they go to French school. They're in the French language, so they're in their own language. Um, certainly, in, in any school board, any, any um, school board, you'll have students who have difficulties also. But the impact of the language is not as severe on the French students uh, as it is on the English students who have to go to an English immersion um, program. And there was a time when you could really get your English students into some a few English schools. There are very few of them right now. Nearly everybody has to go. Everybody goes into an immersion program and the parents wanted their children to be in the immersion program because when you you leave school one of the assets for employment is to be bilingual and our english students um who have oh. gone through immersion do very well also as 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 um, bilingual students those who graduate they they they're pretty fluent um in french it's it's those who struggle okay. to get through the histoire, to get through the biology and so on. They they really have the difficulty coping with the content of things like geography. Uh, it's one of the those are the areas. And at grade nine you have geography, and um, at grade ten you have histoire, where they have to do those in French if they want to graduate as um, as a bilingual student. And so here's where the, the the programs run by the black educators will assist these students um, throughout the year on Saturdays to make sure they're coping with content because history seemed to be one of the areas they, they have difficult and it's compulsory. Oh my goodness. You must pass history at grade 10 and you must, and geography is at grade nine. Especially today we have uh, an impression of Canada as being a very welcoming uh, and diverse uh, nation at large. Uh, certainly a lot more welcoming and diverse than some parts of the U.S. Uh, and I'm, I'm not trying to be political. I'm just calling it like I see it, right? Um, but from, from your description of your experiences, um, 
talk about talk about that transition, right? Um, what what year did you get to Canada, and what was that like then, which you've already touched on? What is it like now, and what helped to like enable that transition to being a more welcoming community? I came here in 1968, and that was the year after Expo. And many people were coming into Montreal, coming into to Canada that year. And um, I had come because I wanted to study, and I knew that Sir George Williams University had an evening program where um, um, folks could study in the evening to get a bachelor's degree. And that's that's what I wanted to accomplish. Um, I, I you hear this all the time. It's more welcoming than what? Maybe more welcoming than the states because you don't hear of the raw racism that you hear in the states. But it's here also. It it certainly is here. But I think over the years while I was um, was teaching and in administration, a big effort was made to promote multiculturalism and diversity. That doesn't mean that that people in the black community were not complaining about how they felt they were treated, didn't complain about the racism, didn't complain about not being promoted on jobs and so on. Um, but the conflict was not as severe as what we we um, felt across the, the border because you, you heard what was happening, you, you heard it daily. Um, I... I, I can't tell anybody that I've had any open racism. They may have been. I have always told myself, I transcend racism. If you want to be racist, that's your problem. But you're not going to stop me from what right. I'm doing. And that's how that's right. I, have that's gone right. I have gone through. And, you know, I, I've worked with um, lots of members from the the white stream community because when I taught at, at um, Charles A. Kirkland School, when I went into that school, I was the only black person there. I was the principal. There wow. were no black teachers. Wow. Wait. And and um, before the term started, wow. um, there are two teachers who came, you know, and teachers know where the principals are. And so you can select your school by asking, you may get it. And <laughs> there were two teachers who wanted to come. Yes. But I was comfortable because the teachers, the teachers treated me with respect. I, I didn't feel, um, you know, out of place or anything like that. I, I did my work, they did their work. And you know, for me, I see people as people. I do what I need to do, and I expect you to do what I, what you you have to do. Because I, I've always gone into all the schools, and I've spoken to the teachers on that first day of school. I expect them to be working as hard as they could. I I want them to respect the kids and I want this, the kids to respect them and I'll support the teachers that way. I don't, I, I'm still one of those maybe old fashioned one. I, I, I can't tolerate disrespect and so on. And so the consequences go in um, for me um, because I want to be polite to, to, to kids and I think they see it, they know I'm firm, but at the same time, I think I get the feedback that I've been fair 
despite the fact that students may feel that I've been firm. But I get a lot of validation from the parents around me and the parents who come in terms of what I do for all the schools I've worked for. Yeah, I'm 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 sitting here and sort of uh, I'm a little awestruck because uh, I'm I'm listening to your your epitaph of, of the leadership that you've you've exhibited over the years, and I can see a common thread where as Antiguans we were raised not to operate in fear, yeah. and for me, um, it shows in the leadership and the professionalism of those persons who achieve and aspire to achieve outside of Antigua. We do well because we set out to do something and we don't look at the 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 the, 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 the other issues or the other yeah, ulterior yeah. motives. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. are just set out to be successful. And I don't know who came up with each endeavoring, all achieving, but it, it applies so much to yeah. all the stories that we see and all the professionals that we have encountered so far that as Antiguans, we're not bred to be fearful. No. And no. that's that's why I, I am so proud of you as an educator and as a leader in the Canadian community. I believe that you've left your mark and you continue to leave your mark in in that society. And I just want to say um, I, I'm honored to even know you. <laughs> uh, I've known you all my life, and still, yeah. I'm I, I, just hearing your story is 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 very encouraging. And and I've been I felt like I was in a church service. <laughs> I, and, um, I just want to. I credit my parents, though, um, Jomo, for the foundation that I've had because they've been ordinary people. But and I credit my father because you don't push him around, you know. No, no, and I so, <laughs> And, you know, and my mother was still a more gentle person, but still with the respect. And, and so oh, yes. you, you, you're not growing up living a life of fear or yes. um or intimidation so you respect other people and and i think you know what you put out comes back uh you have mm, to be fair yeah. but uh, mm -hmm. i thank them for the foundation that they they laid in terms of hard work two people who worked hard and i could see this and you you can't but strive to do the best that you can um all the times that you can uh, tell us some more about your your family, uh, especially your kids. Uh, we, we've got a pretty good read on your professional career and some of your accomplishments. I understand that Joel is your son, uh, and he uh, was a former NBA player, I believe, with uh, Miami. Uh, yes, yes. Tell us about that. I guess maybe I want to talk about the night he got uh, he got into the NBA, but. You know, that night is like the culmination of a lot of nights and a lot of days and a lot of work, getting up, training and, and so on. Were you the one in his ear instilling that, that work ethic in, into him? I, I think I did. Yeah, he's <laughs> always told people it's not easy to have a mother as a principal. And he said this a couple of times as <laughs> this role, you know. I say he didn't realize that that's how you felt. Um, 
the night he, the day he was drafted, that's a strange, it was a strange, strange day for me oh. because my sister was visiting and had taken her to the hospital. Uh-oh. And so you had to turn your phones off. So I, 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 I knew he had something. He was, he was supposed to be meeting with someone that day. And I didn't get home until around four o'clock and I dropped my sister at home and I didn't come into the house. I went straight down to the church because I had a meeting. And it's probably the time when I was chair of the board or something. Mm. So I didn't come in. And when I got home after nine o'clock, that was when I found out he was been waiting for us to, he'd been trying to reach us all day and oh. couldn't get to tell us. Oh. And, <laughs> and even when he called and he got my sister, I was not here. <laughs> and not until after nine that evening that oh. I got the news, that I got the news. So and it, I, was, it was that like the typical scene where we see the family in the living room sitting by the TV with the phone clenched in their fist. Yeah, we were, we were on the phone because I don't think we were watching any TV at that oh, time. It was my. just talking to him. Uh-huh. And I think I think may have had his um his coach come on, mm-hmm. you know. But it was, it was just, for me, it was an overwhelming event those first few weeks, because as I said to Joel, I, I lost my identity. I'm no longer Irina and I'm, uh, it's um, Joel's mom. Joel's mom. <laughs> That's how I introduced where I go to an event. I introduced as Joel's mom. Right. They still do. They still do. But I understand it now, but at first... It, it just was so overwhelming and I, I couldn't cope with the, all the publicity and I, I didn't understand the hype around sports, you know, the, mm-hmm. and, and at the level of the NBA, I, I didn't quite understand it. I knew ahead of time that he was probably going to be able to play professionally the year before, but I didn't tell him. I heard from one of his coach, but I didn't tell Joel because I figure I didn't want anything to get to his head. I just wanted him to continue. He had an extra year when he was redshirted. I would have liked him to do a course in education. I was telling him to do a course in education. You might be able to teach. In case basketball doesn't work out, right? <laughs> Oh, but but it, I, uh, I I've been blessed, and he's been blessed with this. This career has been a blessing for him. Well, good for him. Congratulations to him, yeah. uh, representing <laughs> Antigua and Barbuda in the NBA. Yeah. I remember when he was going to UNLV, and um, we had we had met up in Antigua briefly, and um, mm-hmm. we were driving it around, and he said, <laughs> "I better get this NBA thing right because." And he didn't mention a part about the teaching. <laughs> he said, it looks like he, he didn't he didn't do this. He might have to teach. So I said, you know, you're, you're a strong guy. And I looked at him physically. I recognized that there weren't that many people in the NBA that could handle him physically, even when he was at, at the college stage. So, you know, I knew he had that excellence. I knew he had that. Antiguan, that old old strength. <laughs> Country boy. <laughs> and he, boy, he, and I, 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 and most of all, I know he had a disciplined home life, and I believe that he would have been successful, and he, he was yeah. successful, and I'm glad that he, he got an opportunity to represent 
um, his family mm -hmm. and Antigua yeah. at mm -hmm. that level. And Barbuda. At that level, yes. Yeah. And he did go to Barbuda. He, when he did come down, he, he, he owes Antigua a trip. He's been trying for the longest while because after the at the end of every season, he was playing for the, the Team Canada. Mm -hmm. And mm. so it was difficult for him. By the time they were through, it was almost time. So he really didn't get a chance to to revisit Antigua. And then after Team Canada, he went to play in South America for two years. And then from South America, he um, was aligned with the elite team until the team was opened here. Yeah, he was a consultant for that team until the team was opened here. So gotcha. he's due, which is just trying to figure out how he can get down to Antigua. <laughs> with oh, JD as a six-year-old, and mm -hmm. I wanted oh, to be there when he does come. Um, yeah, I, I'm hoping he can meet, she can meet my grandson. He's about the same age. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh is Joel an only or do you have other kids? You want to talk about that? Um, well, Charlotte, Charlotte is uh, an adopted. Um, Charlotte was in our family since she was three days old and really oh, wow. raised by my mom and, and Florence. And and then, you know, to make sure that she could um, further her education, she came here as an early teenager and I went through the ad adoption um, process for her because I just felt that that would help her, and she 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 did. She pursued a, a degree in in um, um, commerce. Um, she did. She majored in international business. I think that's what it is. And mm -hmm. so she's working as um, a financial analyst in in Winnipeg right now. Not Winnipeg, in Edmonton. 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 Okay. And oh. she's doing well because twice she was cited in the Edmonton um, papers for her work in leadership oh, in in her wow. on her team there. Yeah. Wow! Look at that, Miss Anthony. You are just turning out high achieving profession, <laughs> professional and upstanding people in the community. Congratulations to you on that. Thank you. Thank you. Do you align with? Uh, any of the educational uh, organizations in Antigua and, and what's your, I guess, your assessment of the state of education in Antigua? Uh, are you happy with it? I, I haven't do? aligned with anything. Mm -hmm. I, I, I know I have these discussions all the time with friends of mine who are uh, certainly have been educators. We have and a high school AGHS chat, a high school chat that was formed just before the pandemic, the, the the February or so. So it's been over three years. And so as high school girls, we we talk about all types of of um issues and events, and certainly education. We have people like um, Ermina Davis and Evie who are on. We have a, a number of people who have been educators. Ines Howe um, coordinates that. Um, we have Rita Allen. She's a minister in, in, in um, Barbados. And one of the things we've done from this but, uh, is to put a book together um, if not published yet, we, we've um, at the point where we just 
um, proofreading the manuscript. Um, yeah. And it's just a book based on stories, our individual stories that we put together, and that's going to be published. Should have been last uh, spring, but it hasn't. I'm hoping that by this spring it will materialize. So uh, that's the only kind, you know, it's whatever is happening, you know, um, I'll speak. I have friends who are teachers, and so the conversation is always what's happening, and that's that's how I get my news about that. I'm not aligned with anyone at this point, with any association. I, I'm, I'm ready for more of a retirement. <laughs> I, I, a well-deserved. What I'm really, really um, involved with is it's the, the, the school in Haiti, Shalinda Millionaire. Um, yeah, I was about to ask you about that uh, in terms of the, uh, you know, how schools go. It's all about fundraising and having the, the mm -hmm. resources to provide, mm -hmm. uh, you know, what the kids need. And in a third world country, one of the very, very third world countries of the third world countries, um, uh, what are some of the needs that you have and how can people, uh, I guess, engage with your project did you set up a gofundme or anything yet um, that people can know but we do have a website shalinda du millionaire and it has uh, a donation section so okay. people can donate okay. there and um we before the covid there was um there were for three years we had um a ballon blanc which is um an event that they hold in um, the summer uh, that raised funds and use that funds to help um, to buy books and shoes or clothes for the for the kids. Right. Um, and um, a number of Haitians um, around the the globe will will send us funds because the the vice president she is very proactive and she you know they know people and and they ask and and people will help. That's how we get our funding. But we, as the group of nine that have formed the foundation, we donate every month mm -hmm. to to um to oh, help wow. fund the school. There's a report that's that's posted on what has taken place. Mm -hmm. Um, there are photos of the activities that have taken place. Um, and we we just raise the funds and um. Uh, for the funds that we we get, we just make sure that um, we we could move from breakfast to um, lunches to to lunches. Um, we were able to to provide a summer program for them last last year and the year before. And there are three um, youngsters. There are a couple of them who were sent to a vocational, a, a vocational program. After they left grade six, if they weren't going to go on to school, there's a vocational program that that's, the school is, is now affiliated with so that um, youngsters can go on to do either cooking or baking or some sort of vocational program. Um, we want them when they finish grade six here to go on to the the grade seven eight the school within the the region, but it's really in the far regions of Haiti, Cap Haitians. So when you go to 
um, Port-au-Prince, you have to take a helicopter to get there. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. In the bush. Yeah. Wow. When I arrived there in wow. 2017, there was the, the school was there, not a drop of water on the school premises, no water, nothing. Wow. That was mm. just so, so sad. And I was close to tears because the kids, I had with me a bag of candies and, you know, usually I think it's on the website of I was giving them candies. It, it was recess time. And fortunately, I had taken, I had a lot of shoes. Somebody had given me running shoes. And um, uh, so we made sure that they got running shoes. And the kids who you could actually see needed shoes right away to make sure they got the shoes first. And when I came back, I said to the others, we've got to make sure that they get water there every day. And we we arranged to set up um a big jug so that they could get water and also to give them breakfast um oh, wow. a couple of days a week because you could Good see up. from the eyes some of them had not eaten. Wow. We have a nurse mm. who um was attached to the school because the one of the the vice chair of the the group is Israeli nurse also, and she had been going to Haiti for years um, to do some work in communities there, and so they have the, she has the connections, and this nurse that comes to the school three times a year check the kids, um, and they they they're able to get some medicine to take down like vitamins and so on so you can give them right away they, she checks she can tell whether they're malnourished or not and the parents come by and and get their vitamins and 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 she'll give them something right there she finds it somebody who a child who needs it right away yeah so that's that's happening that's happening and it's it's progressing the they're now they they try to do a garden so that they could have their own, they grow some of the things they could use. And now, and there was enough land, they're now having some goats that have kids now. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's moving. That's, that's moving. I am so glad we had this conversation. You are exactly the kind of people and person that we want to talk to and highlight and just kind of celebrate and, and raise awareness to just the amazing human being that you are and the amazing work that you are doing for humanity. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. We should probably wrap up and I want to end on a happy note, unless Jomo, did you want to dig in a little bit more on, um, on the previous topic? I just want to say that, you know, I know that, you know, God has his people everywhere. And I, I can tell that you you know without you and your organization, some of those children would be in higher streets. And I really, really yeah. from the bottom of my heart, really appreciate what you do. Yeah. And um this there are a lot of people who talk and a lot of people who act. And I, I like the fact that you've you've acted on your passion for education. And you've you've been able to reach people as far as Haiti. That's that's incredible. That's incredible. We are ten days away from Christmas. Um and yeah. again, 
kudos and an amazing background. You have the virtual background. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I forgot to put it up last night. I, I had something else and I changed it. Okay, for the season. I love it. I love it. What uh, What are your plans for, for the holidays, for Christmas, New Year's, so on? So I am going to spend Christmas with um, Joel and his family um, on next Friday. And then I'm going to leave for Antigua for two or three weeks. All right. Well, um, we wish you a very happy holidays. Congratulations again on all yes. of your successes and your labors of love. Thank we appreciate you. We appreciate you so much for all you've done. For everybody, your son, your kids, your kids you don't know, kids you adopted, kids in faraway countries. <laughs> It's quite an amazing story, and we celebrate. And uh, continue to advocate for those who don't have a voice. And I applaud your exemplary work that you've done throughout your life to make others wiser, smarter, and to look after their well-being. Well done. Each and every, and you have achieved. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, and you guys have a very happy holiday season also thank you very much for having me god bless thank you good night god bless take care good night, good night. Good night.